eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I also want to talk about just the deep pairs. Um, so changing the pairs again, Clifton out, and we see Forbert Grizzlick, which to me I just do not like as a pair at all. It's... I feel like you're reading my mind at times because because I was going to bring this up and I was going to throw it to Scott as well because last night was um if if you're on if you're on board the uh, the Matt Grizzlick out of the lineup train because whatever X Y and Z that that turnover kind of fueled the fire for some and I know I know all of us on this podcast know how good Matt Grizzlick is um, but Scott I don't know if you uh wanted to defend your, your, your fellow terrier, maybe to some of the people out there saying when, see, see, he, he shouldn't be in there, but um, that was just more bad luck than anything. Yeah. The, the, the turnover was bad luck. Like I can't get too worked up about that. Although he did lose an edge on another play too, which was odd. I was like, did he just not get a good skate sharpening in? Did, I don't know. Did it, did his dad's bull gang, like maybe not do a good enough job on the eyes. Like, I, I don't know what was going on. It was because a couple of other guys lost edges too. So I don't know what was happening, but um, I thought, I mean, the thing with him and forward is like, I didn't think they were bad. You know, the, the Oilers really didn't get much when they were on the ice. I think they might've had like one or two shots against when the two of them were together. Um, but it's just not a natural fit. Like it's, it feels like you're trying to like, if he's there, if he's playing there come playoffs, it, assuming you know injury elsewhere it feels like you're just kind of forcing it like you're just trying to force a way to get grizzly into the lineup like he's on his offside he's on a third pairing with a defensive defenseman that i just don't think is really the ideal spot for him and forward and clifton have been really solid as a third pairing and like that's more of kind of the natural type of third pairing that you would expect that's going to you know, have some physicality, be able to handle a lot of D zone shifts. So it's like, I'm fine with giving Grizzly a look there. I'd be fine with them having another game together at some point. Um, But it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, like in the playoffs to force him into that spot when 
what you already had as a third pairing was was really solid. I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but like I've said it before, I'll say it again. Like for me, it's the pairs. If if the playoffs start tomorrow, it's McAvoy, Orlov, Lindholm, Carlo, and Forbert and Clifton. It's just it's 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 the most. Um, it's there's chemistry on each pair. There's diversity diversity on each pair. Each pair brings something different to the table for for your team in a given situation. It's like that. It's like that line in Miracle when when Herb Brooks says to Craig Patrick, "I'm not looking for the for the best players. I'm looking for the right ones." Like. You can make the argument all day long. Matt Grizzlick is a better hockey player than Derek Forbert and Connor Clifton pound for pound. Like he has more skill. <laughs> like I get that hundred percent. And if it wasn't for Dmitry Orlov's presence on this team, he would be in your top four, but it's about redundancy. It's like Orlov brings what Grizzlick brings. And if everybody's healthy, he brings what he brings in, in a skating game, in a transition game, but he has more finish and more polish offensively. But he also has a little bit more snarl and a little bit more experience. Size. Size, experience. He's he was a top pairing guy on a cup winning team. Like it's that just just leave it at that. So if, if anybody wants to argue about Grizzlick over Orloff, objectively, you're wrong. And if you want to make the argument about him being on the third pair over Clifton or Forbert, it's not always about who's the more talented player. It's about what do you want that third pair to be for your team? And you can't tell me last night that Connor Clifton's physical presence wouldn't have, wouldn't have helped that third pair. Clifton and, and, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, Grizzlick and Forbert, as, as Scott said, is not, it's not a match made in heaven. There's no chemistry there. So that's, that's my thoughts on it. And I, and, and I, and I don't like bringing it up every week because I feel like I'm, um, speaking bad of a player that I really like in Grizzly, and he's like seems like an awesome kid, local kid, awesome family. Like it's nothing to do personally, but I'm looking at this roster and I'm trying to see what's what's best for them when they're healthy, and he's the odd man out if they're healthy, in my opinion, and I think in the, in the opinion of most because it, it gives you the most cohesive and diverse defensive unit to help you in all situations over the course of a hockey game in a playoff series if they're healthy. And something that popped into my head too was remember when, so when the deal to get Orlov and Hathaway was done, there was talk that Clifton was part of the deal. And I think that the fact that they weren't willing to part ways with Clifton as part of a deal for anything tells you that they want him in their top six. Like if that, if it's true that he was on the table and then they, they wanted to make sure that that he stuck around. I think it tells you exactly what you need to know about how they want their third pair to shake out. And they want to keep them in those top, the, in the top six. And that, that kind of does leave Grizzly as the odd man out. Yeah. I, I actually don't think Clifton was ever on the table. I think that's just a completely erroneous report where <laughs> not really sure where that came from, but um, yeah, I, I think, Clifton was always staying put. So, well, it makes uh, sense. I wouldn't have thought they would want to trade him if they didn't have to. But either way, I do. I do think that that third pair is strongest with Forbert Clifton. the The Grizzly turnover was not because of the pair, but it just didn't. It just looked awkward. Like almost like when we saw the. Forbert McAvoy pair for for a while we were like this just is an awkward pair it just doesn't look 
it doesn't look nice. It, I don't know. It, it you're you're still in the situation where you have a good problem and you have seven good defensemen that you have to you know try to rotate rotate around. But I do think Clifton was kind of missed in that game against the Oilers. So. Scott, I know you're on a tight schedule with, with practice soon, so I, I just wanted to bring up one other thing they mentioned on the broadcast. I noticed it too. Um, without Taylor Hall in the lineup, I think there is a pretty clear lack of speed. I know it's a very obvious statement, but there's a bit of a lack of speed um, taken out of the Bruins lineup there. And does that concern you and Bridget, does that concern you if they have to enter the playoffs without Taylor Hall's speed and backing off defenders as a, as a forward unit. Uh, is that something that worries you at all? Obviously they brought in Tyler Bertuzzi um, because they knew these guys were on IR, but Bertuzzi speeds on his game. A lot, a lot is his game. It's not speed. So does that worry you if, if, if he's say not back in time for the playoffs, at least round one? Um, I mean, it's not ideal, but I, I don't think it's like a deal breaker for them. I, I think they still have enough speed and they can still attack enough different ways that uh not super concerned about. It. I mean, DeBrusque still brings them to the top line, you know, Pasternak, like not really a blazer, but he can obviously uh, put defenses on, on their heels as well. Uh, and then that, that third line, Bertuzzi, Coyle, Frederick, like they can do it a different way. You know, they can do it with power. They can do it with forechecking. Um, and, you know, and I, we had kind of talked about this during that stretch where uh, Hall, you know, was going a while without points. Like we haven't seen him really, you hadn't really been seeing him use his speed as much as last year or years past where, you know, like I, I call them like an automatic zone entry because de- defenses just had to back off so much. And like, you weren't seeing that quite as much anyway. So it's not like that was a huge part of the Bruins offense where, you know, they were just running scoring chances through him using a speed down the wing all the time. Like it's nice to have. And yeah, if, you know, if and when he comes back and they get that back, it'll be an asset. But I don't think it's I don't think it's a huge, huge loss because I think this team should still have enough other ways to attack. Yeah, but I, I get Brian's point because he is so, like that is something different that he can bring. Um and I I think that at times when he's doing it well, it is really dangerous. And and I I did notice that that's another person yesterday you're watching the game and you're like, you know, I wonder what this looks like with, with Hall here. Um, you know, if he were to be playing in that game, but, um, we have not gotten another update. I mean, he was supposedly going for a second opinion and then we just haven't heard what the second opinion results were. Um, I did see Nick Felino um, with a crutch and, um, you know, his foot or not his foot, his leg, like, you know, um, he was just crutching along slowly uh, down the hallway. So um, he still seems to be <laughs> kind of far away, but we haven't heard updates on these guys. Have have uh, 
has anybody been asked about those updates and scrums guys, or is the media kind of staying away from that question? Now Montgomery was asked either it was either Monday or Wednesday after one of their practices this week and said like, no new, no new update. And I, I mean, they'll be asked about it again, you know, we might ask Montgomery. We're recording this just before Friday's practice. So he might be asked then. Um, but I kind of feel like that's going to be the company line. Like, I think they're just going to leave it open-ended and be like, we don't really know. And then, you know, basically like until one or both of those guys step on the ice for practice, there's, we're not going to hear a whole lot is, is just my guess. Maybe we keep asking. And at some point they, they give us more, but I kind of get the sense that they're just going to be hush hush for a while. Yeah. I mean, people are going to keep asking because like I said, it, it was known and they mentioned that he was going for another opinion. So people are going to just keep asking to try to see what, what that opinion might've been. But um, yeah, his absence is, you, you can notice that. I don't know Bertuzzi's a good um, replacement for him, but I still feel like that line is much better off with Hall. Um, so hopefully by the playoffs he gets back, but we'll, you know, we'll just keep an eye on whatever the, the updates may be for him. Well, and, and that line changes. Like, it would be great if you got some time before the playoffs, even just, like, the last couple games maybe, because that line could also change. Like, if it's going to be Bertuzzi flips over to the right side and Frederick goes to the fourth line, like, that's that's a different look. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Hall, Coyle, Bertuzzi is a very different look than anything they've had on, on that line this season. So, the uh, speaking of Bertuzzi, the Bruins play his former team, uh, home and home this weekend, Saturday, Sunday. Um, I think they're both one o'clock games or one thirty or something like that. So the next time we speak, will I presume will be after probably the second of those games. Um, was there anything you guys wanted to discuss before we let Scott out of here so we can go pepper the Bruins brass with questions after practice? Um, I'm good. I don't think so. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how, how they respond, obviously. Like, not that, you know, one regular season loss of the Oilers. Like, I don't even think it really qualifies as like quote unquote adversity, but they, you know, they do take pride in not losing two in a row and all that. So I think you would expect a pretty strong response Saturday. And then, and then we'll, we'll see about Sunday. Montgomery had said that he didn't think he was going to start resting guys yet because they had the four days off this week. Um, So even though it's three and four and there's travel in there, he, thought everyone would be fine but you know i i wonder if that changes like I, I wonder if he does rest anyone that sunday game yeah um i and i did i just thought of something so um bruins are one o'clock saturday and one thirty sunday but saturday i just want to plug my my broadcast so after the bruins game saturday um, there's a bunch of hockey east playoff games so i'm broadcasting the umass lull at uconn game at 4 p.m. on Nesson Plus. So after the Bruins game, just keep watching hockey. <laughs> um, go watch that game uh, on Nesson Plus. Are all three of our teams in the playoffs this year? <laughs> UMass is already out. Uh, oh, they U- are? UMass not anymore. <laughs> oh, sorry, Bridget. They got knocked out mm-hmm. by uh, the, the Andre Gasso machine at BC. Bruins yeah. prospect heating up down the stretch. Mm. 
Well, then uh, go Warriors. I know Scott's a big Merrimack fan, so <laughs> we'll see if we'll see if BU plays Merrimack in the finals, and we'll have to have a little face off at the Garden or something, if that's even how the bracket shakes out. But BU yeah, has it enough. would be because yeah, BU's the top seed. Mer- Merrimack's the two. It's the highest mm-hmm. Merrimack's ever finished in the hockey's regular season. Hell so, yeah. yeah, good good for them. Uh, v- Vermont upsetting Maine ruined a potential BUBC quarterfinal uh that that would have been the matchup on saturday but now it's bu vermont i think merrimack has bc right i believe so yeah you get all all four of those games right after bruins on saturday yeah so hockey all day is is really what what you should be doing all day saturday Merrimack is definitely America's team. I think I think they'll be the, the, the whole nation will be pulling for the Warriors if they if they go to the national uh, tournament. So probably gonna win. Actually, they're probably ranked anyway, so they might be anyway. But regardless, they're actually not ranked high enough to make it. Like as all right, all right, enough out of you, enough out of you. Go Warriors! You're just mad the Minutemen are done. I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> Being like, no, the bro. only team that's ranked high enough right now to You're make like, it. Brian, like I think object- I think Merrimack m- might. Yeah, I think Merrimack might barely be in, but like they probably need to win another game or yeah, two. Yeah, they're they're one of those themselves. ones where they'll they'll get knocked out when one of the at large, like one of the tournament winners, is a non ranked team. They're right on the bubble. They yeah, could yeah. they could pull themselves into it. So Brian, there you go. But um, yeah, they, to be safe, they'll have to win the conference tournament. Will you two stop pissing on my parade, please? Sorry. I mean, I will say, in all in all fairness, when I was at Merrimack for four years, I I think I went to like two games, so I'm not really a diehard. I'm more of just a, a general fan but yeah um okay so yeah listen to bridget on the broadcast and um thank you all for listening and we will talk to you guys uh, after the weekend's games